Chicago, where the fire serve cold, but the wolves and the hawks never shiver in the snow. The bulls keep it running, the Sox run the south, the Cubs run the north, but the Bears run the house. True Chicago sports fans got their ears to the street. Any team make a move and they never skip a beat. And in this house, this is where we be. Welcome to the show with E Rock and Big Z. Welcome, 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 welcome to Chicago. Yeah. Coming from the True Chicago Sports Fan Cave, this is a TCSF podcast with your host, E-Rock and Big Z. That's right. Episode 22 is brought to you by Noir Caesar, Villain Radio Studios, and Grit Clothing Company. As always, I'm Big Z and I'm here with my co-host, E-Rock. What's up, E? What's going on, Z? We got another action-packed great show going on today. Tons of Chicago sports to talk about in the loop. Undefeated Notre Dame Fighting Irish to finish out the season. That's right. And as always, in our three and out segment, our weekly Bears analyst, Il Brown, gives us his X's and O's on Sunday's game versus Matt Stafford and Lions. And we look ahead to the Bears matchup against the Houston Texans and the one who got away. Deshaun Deshaun Watson. (laughs) My bad, my bad. (laughs) I think Il Brown might catch a case this week, man. Oh, man, he's ready. He's hot. (laughs) He's ready to go. Yeah, I can't wait to get into some Bears talk. But first... This is The Loop, our Chicago sports roundup where we keep you in the loop. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. Welcome to Chicago. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. What's up, E? What's going on in uh, the north side of town? Any good news out there? Man, this has been a weird, wild week. Oh, man. The Cubs non-tendered Kyle Schwarber. Now he's he's now a free agent. And after six seasons with the Chicago Cubs, Schwarber's no longer with us on the team, man. You know what? Uh, to be honest, Schwarber's one of my favorite guys on your, on your team. That well, well was on your team. Oh. Um, I, it was great to see him grow up with the, with the organization from being a catcher to being moved to left field right. and learning how to play left field and then losing all that weight and then yeah, and I mean, then blowing out his knee before yeah. that's you know in the beginning of the Come, season coming back having providing some of the most memorable uh, moments in oh Cubs playoff God, history yes. you know his his uh, his home runs landing on the scoreboard yeah, exactly. all this stuff I mean that's the thing Schwarber is always always going to be a fan favorite he's going to be one of these dudes I, I I feel here's the problem I feel like back in the day. You had these like stars. I, I promise you, right now, any one of the eighty-five bears that come in any restaurant in Chicago right now, and it's probably still get a free meal. And I feel like you're the the Cubs that won that sixteen series are not getting that same respect. Uh, because look, they Madden's out of town. I mean, what's, I st- what, man, these people still like, still like Madden. I mean, that they're, so, they're so thirsty to get rid of these guys. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't say they're thirsty. I think the Cubs are really trying to save money. Every penny they can. I'm not saying the Cubs. I'm saying fans. No. Fans are throwing these players away. And they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. No. And they shouldn't no. at all. Because oh, because you still, I feel like maybe I'm overvaluing the idea of it or whatever, but the Cubs won the the World Series for the first time in 108 years. And a lot of Cubs fans are like, get rid are. of this guy. Get rid of that guy. Key contributors when you're like, hey, I would love to see him stay here and grow with the organization. If, if Schwarber was 37, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. But he's 27. That's he's in his saying. hitting prime. That's what I'm saying. So it just it's tanking. I mean, look, Schwarber was only 27. He, he was in a final year of arbitration, but the team decided to let him go rather than pay him his eight or nine million next season. Uh, eight or nine million is a steal for a that's power hitter saying. for 30 home runs a season. Exactly, and he was still and he hit this year. Oh my god, 
He hit this year. Schwarber, he was a key element to the Cubs winning the World Series in 16. And, you know, he provided us with some, like, numerous moments, like that home run, like I was talking about earlier, like uh, uh, him coming, like him getting his knee busted up and then being able to come back, period, was a huge thing. Yeah, I remember watching that game live when he busted up his knee, and I was like, oh, no, that's that's horrible. But then. And that's when they, had, when and, and the World they Series. just got Fowler back, too. And they, right. as soon as they get Fowler, they collide and bust up the knee. Right, right. Uh, well, let's see. Uh the Cubs did extend a couple contracts. You there got you go. Chris Bryant, which they needed to do. We, yeah. <laughs> we talked about it last week. It, it was, had to happen. It was one or the other. They at least had to, you know, offer him the contract. Yes. Now we'll see what happens next. But, yeah. uh, you know, your boy Ednel Javier Baez got a contract as well. And Wilson. Uh, I mean, this is your, your quote-unquote core here. Now, will they— You I, can't let Bryant go for nothing. That's why. That, Schwarber, yeah. I still think they could have they, they could have made that trade. No one— we got to remember. Anything. We got to remember. He got non-tender, which means he cleared waivers. I know. No one wanted him then for that price because one. Well, actually, let me stop right there. Fifteen teams didn't want him because it's yeah. not official that the NL is going to get the uh, the DH, DH yet. So, yeah. uh, anything else happened on the north side? So there was a lot of people. It, it was very. It was a. It was a mixed bag of emotions on this one. Len Casper is leaving the Chicago Cubs TV booth to join the Chicago White Sox radio booth. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's a good addition for us. I think uh, you guys are losing a really good guy in the booth. But it was his aspirations to switch over to radio. It it was his dream to go to radio. and That's why he left, and he said that out loud. And he asked the Cubs for permission, saying, hey— there's a local job. Mm-hmm. It's a radio job. Mm-hmm. The whole reason I got into announcing is in the first place is to be on the radio. And if you've been listening to Cubs radio, he's come in several times for Pat Hughes and either uh, uh, did an inning or two with Ron Coomer or he just filled in for him if he was sick or something like that. So he's you could see that he wants to be on the radio. And so it's not just a fluke thing that he's just jumping ship. He's a great voice. So him transitioning to radio is going to be a you know, hand inside of a glove. It's mm-hmm. gonna fit perfectly. How he meshes with DJ, that'll take some time. <laughs> I mean, well, DJ's a color guy. Yeah. You know, so that that's okay. But you're you're stepping into some big shoes. Well, and, and see the thing is is that JD is not uh um not Len Casper's first partner. So it's no. not like he hasn't it, it, like I said, he did a little bit of Cubs radio with Ron Coomer. He had uh, Jim Deshays, and don't forget he had um the Arizona Diamondbacks coach. Um, uh, uh, Bob Bradley. Bob Brenly for a long time. Yeah, that was that's who really came up, and Brenly was was getting in all types of trouble because he kept yelling at the players <laughs> while he was in the booth. All right, let's talk about the uh, Chicago's real baseball team. Yeah, <laughs> I'm oh. talking to you, Chris. Oh wow, <laughs> the Chicago White Sox rounded out their coaching staff. They added uh, Miguel Cairo as their bench coach. Mm-hmm. Ethan Ethan Katz was already uh, mentioned as a pitching coach. Kurt Hassler is your assistant pitching coach. Frank Menachino is hitting coach. Howie Clark as the assistant hitting coach. Daryl Boston comes back as the first base. Joe McEwing back at third base. They also added Shelly Duncan as the analytics coordinator. So Now, Shelly Duncan was with the Cardinals for a long time, wasn't he? I don't know. I don't know. That's, uh... <laughs> that was Dave Duncan. No, okay, but, okay. No, I'm joking. I know Shelly Duncan was probably... Was it maybe his son? I, I want to say... There was a there was another Duncan in the league. Uh, Dave Duncan, I don't know. Duncan Love, Donuts. Duncan it Donuts. doesn't matter. <laughs> no, uh, it's David. Uh, it? Yeah, it's David Shelley Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. former uh, baseball player, played for the Yankees and so forth. There so, you go. So uh, you know, the White Sox got their their staff under a lot of embarrassment. 
round it out. <laughs> I'm still calling him the line embarrassment until he starts winning some games for us. Um, and I, we mentioned earlier Len Casper's joining the booth of White Sox, and I think it's going to be a great addition. He will also give Steve Stone uh, a, a break when Steve Stone has his off days. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means him and Bonetti will be doing a cast together. Now it will be interesting. That is going to be interesting. Two nerds talking baseball. And, and, and not just in a that, good way. In and, a good way. I love and, it. And two like, non-athletes. Like A lot of times yes. you get one athlete in the booth yes. um, just because of the way that they analyze the game differently. But, you know. Yeah, and, and you know, you know, Benetti's got about forty-seven jobs. So yeah. when he, so when he's away doing another call, he'll be in there with Steve Stone. And he said he alluded, saying that that's been one of my dreams to call a game with Steve Stone. Right. Hey, but, well, who, the, whose was it? I mean, that, I want to call a game with Steve. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Jesus. I mean, he's so now. Uh, Len Casper joins one of the many who have broadcasted on both sides of town. Yes, we were talking about this earlier. You know, Steve Stone, right there, number yes. one. Uh, Harry, Harry Carey, Carey, Jack Brickhouse. Brickhouse. So, I mean, you know, that that's the thing is that I don't know if these guys are always necessarily jumping ship. They're just, hey, I love Chicago. I like baseball. That's a natural fit. So, I mean, uh, good for London. He's always wanted to do radio, so good for him. Yeah, it's, I'm excited to hear these guys on the radio because we do listen to these games on the radio. Yeah, Football, all the time. baseball, yeah. All the time. Ron Santo, his... his Analysis on the radio, if you want to call it that, because yeah. <laughs> I won't. It's, it's listening to him, his pure fandom on the radio yeah, it's, is it's what made homer. me fall He's in love. Yeah. 100%. That's the biggest reason why when you have uh, people hate Joe Buck or this person or that person, because you're especially in baseball, you're so li- used to listening to your homers yes. call your games yeah. on TV and on the radio, your homer yeah. announcers who will just boost up your team and trash the other team yeah. no matter what. The, the fans are used to that soft bed with the mm-hmm. groove in it, yeah. and then we just snuggle, get snuggled up in my little groove. Exactly. And then you, you know, and all of a sudden you get yes. a national guy who who will praise the good players on the other teams too, and you're like, yes. wait a minute, he hates my team. No. He doesn't care about your He's team. He's calling it down the middle. Exactly. All right, man, what's going on in the west side of Chicago? So, Joachim Noah is is retired, man. He's he's done. Yeah, that, that's the word on the street. He's retired. Yeah, well, his his knee's been busted up for a while. He's been he's been hanging out with beautiful girls on the beach. I mean, you know, he's retired from basketball, but he ain't retired. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he had an ama- amazing career. He had two national titles, the University of Florida. That's right. I wasn't a Joachim Noah guy when they, they drafted him. No, I thought, man, who's this clown? Yeah, he's this big goofy dude with the hair flopping all over the place. I remember oh, when man. they drafted him, and I was just like, oh, I, I come remember on. how he used to rub the uh, the veterans the wrong way. Yeah. And he was messing around, and the veterans had to t- have a team meeting and discipline him for, like, two games or something. And, well, and that's the thing, is that you watched him grow up from, like, that goofy kid into, like, a great a NBA player, a leader. He was the NBA Defensive Player of the Year for one year. Um, he, involved, he evolved into, like, one of the pa- most passionate, spirited players ever put on a Bulls uniform. Yeah, I mean, what a career. He's always going to be beloved in the city of Chicago. He Correct. does a lot Absolutely. of uh, charitable stuff here. Um, cheers to you, Joe Kim. You're one of my favorites. Um, Over time, like it. Well, you know what it was. I remember when he did kind of this, that when uh, Waddle and Silvery were doing that lunch with a legend thing. Yeah, he did a. Um, they also did a lunch with uh, Derrick Rose and Joe Kim Noah. And I remember him talking. Uh, they they brought on Billy, Billy Donovan on the phone while they were there on the air. Okay, and that was one kind of you know hear hear the way that he respected that coach. So I'm wondering if they don't bring in. Noah as some type of coach in some capacity because having a guy like that even around your team is a good idea in my opinion. I mean that wouldn't be a bad idea. I mean you got age, you know a lot of these NBA players once they're they know they're done, they'll slide into the last coaching seat. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll be that yeah. guy that's 
all right, let me sit down. And when the player gets, you know, subbed out, hey, come sit down next to me. Let me talk to you for a second. Right, let me bend your ear. Yeah, let me bend your ear. This is what you're doing wrong. Hey, position yourself here. Move your feet here. Right. Joe Kim can do that. And that should help someone like Lori Markinen tremendously. It'll build some toughness. Right. I'll tell you that much, because Joe Kim was tough. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, All right. absolutely. All right, Northwestern was postponed due to COVID. They'll play Illinois next week, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that unfortunately, be, that's... And the thing is that that should be a cakewalk, but last time it, we talked about that... Well. Yeah, last last time you talked about Northwestern, they, yeah, they, and they played down. Michigan yeah. State, and Illinois, I mean, they've been putting up some decent points, so, I mean, they're not a complete bum like they normally are, but... Yeah, but this, I mean, Northwestern's caliber of team is way better than Illinois. And this should be an easy win. This should be a 40-burger on Illinois. I say forty thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm with it, man. It Go looks, <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm with it, man. I mean, like they 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 definitely put their stamp on the season, and they yeah. did, they've looked pretty pretty good so far this year. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they don't lose their coach to another team in <laughs> Chicago. That's so. Yeah, we, we we can talk about that because the thing is, is that first we were hearing rumors yeah. that Fitzgerald would only leave for the Bears, and now we're hearing that they're actually from like I think it was Bleacher Report said that they are going to target him after the end of the season. Why wouldn't you? He's not. It's he's. I wouldn't if I was him. I mean, I get it. That I get doesn't it. Mean his he's dream. the number one target. Here's the thing. I, I get it that his dream is to be an NFL co- head mm-hmm. coach, but. I mean, you look at some of these guys that are college football coaches. That Kirk Ferentz, you think about Kirk Ferentz. The first oh. thing I think about is Iowa. <laughs> Iowa, he's I'm been there joking, forever. I'm joking. But what I'm saying is that you get some like Nick Saban, yes. Dabo Sweeney is yes, starting yes. to to you know niche out. They're, his thing. they're college Brian staples, Kelly right, right here. They're college staples. These guys that that coach for 40 years. I yeah. mean, he could live comfortably in in Evanston and just be there and be is the coach but, forever. But Kilmer, no, but Kilmer. Yeah, <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying, like. To me, like, I don't see him having a lot of if success. You, if you in were NFL. to advise him, you're saying stay there. Stay there because I don't think he's a good enough coach to be an NFL head coach. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. He hasn't had the, the caliber of, of players that you have in the NFL. And I agree. This is more of a nostalgia thing. But again, we got to stop doing projects with our teams. And, and Fitzgerald would be a project altogether. Exactly. Because you don't know who the GM, you don't know the president. You don't know. Well, what, just in, again, it's, it's a lot of what ifs. In, inexperienced in the NFL, and that's what happens a lot of times. Yeah. All right. What's um, going on in South Bend? South Bend, baby. Notre Dame fighting Irish finishes season undefeated with a 45 21 win over the 1 in 10 Syracuse Orange. And that's how you put away the team, man. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. They started off slow, but they picked it up. They did. Kyron Williams and Ian Bo- Book. Uh, Ian Book both look great. Williams ran for 110 yards and 10 carries. And Ian Book threw for three touchdowns and he rushed for two more. Beast, you know, like I said, it took beast. a while for the Irish to get going, but they only and they only led three nothing after the first. But by halftime, they were up 24 to seven. Beautiful. I mean, I had this game on. I was uh, doing you know a lot of stuff around the house, and uh, I'm, I'm starting to be like E with multiple screens on at the same time <laughs> and music going on. So I was doing all that stuff and I had it, uh, the game on with no sound, but I was watching these beautiful throws by Ian Book. Uh, and then Kyron Williams is just tearing up the field, man. Yeah, I mean, and and they've been doing that all season. Yeah. Now, um, the one thing that that did stick out to me, you have fifth-year uh, wide receiver for the Irish, Javon McKinley. He had a great final season. He caught 30 passes for 549 yards, and he led Notre Dame in both categories this year. Fifth year, this is last chance yeah. romance for him. You know, Ian Book uh, finished out his season or his, his career at Notre Dame as undefeated. 
in South Bend. That's beautiful. I mean, it, it's an incredible thing. Um, they didn't face like their traditional rivals like yeah. USC, yeah. like Navy, no Michigan State, and yeah. they were forced to play in the ACC. So you kind of saw some matchups you didn't, you weren't always going to see, but. I mean, you got to play who's on the schedule, and you uh, that's and, it. And they were forced, basically forced to join the ACC, right. or they don't play this year because as an independent, you kind of make your own schedule. So, right. look, uh, I, I want to talk about your book for a minute. Uh, a lot of people are, have already seen like the uh, the Bears to uh, calling on the Bears to draft him. Let's let's slow down a little bit. <laughs> let's slow down a little bit because he. Notre Dame has been a long time since you had like a great quarterback come out of Notre Dame, a great Montana. NFL, right? That's forever. Montana and Theismann were the, the the two in our lifetimes. Yeah. So you go through Brady Quinn, Deshaun Kaiser, all these guys, Everett Golson. Yeah. They they're not NFL no, guys. Not so Ian Book is a little dude. He's only six foot uh, six foot tall. He's two hundred six pounds. He's a winner. I can't I can't front on him for that. And. Last couple of years, we've had some smaller quarterbacks do pretty well in the NFL. Kyler Murray looks okay. Baker looks all right. Drew Brees is the standard for that type of thing. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't know how well Ian Book is going to do in in the NFL. But no. I am glad. I'm happy for him to be be uh, added to the list. Very short list. I want to say it's like Montana and Theismann are, are on that list. Uh, but to be undefeated, um, you know, at home That's for awesome. your whole career. Unfortunately, he didn't have any fans there, which really sucked. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, what's up next for Notre Dame? So next up for the Irish is the ACC title game, and they're going to play their rematch against number 3 Clemson on December 19th. Trevor Lawrence is going to be back for that one. Sunshine. So that's that's the real test. If The, def- the defense is really what kind of popped this season. Ian Book did his thing. They they looked – Kyron Williams is good. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they looked – Good overall in offense. They did what they needed to do, and if they saw that they could really hit that gas pedal, they really overtook weaker teams. But the defense is really what did it for them this year. That's great. Well, I look forward to watching this game. Okay, true Chicago sports fans, it's time to pay some bills. So we'll be right back after a brief word from our sponsor. This is Chicago. Doors open on the left at Chicago. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. Are you ready for some football? <laughs> Not today. <Ugh>. It's time <laughs> for some Bears talk. This is three and out. All right, all right. Let's let's look it up at at offense. Our offensively, we, we didn't do too bad. We put up 30 points. Right. Not enough to win the game. Uh, Montgomery was being fed in the first half, and then the second half, they forgot he was on the team. I mean, they they fed him. You had him. You still had him with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, you got two touchdowns out of him, and you also got a touchdown out of Patterson. Um, Patterson looked okay. Looked okay. Yeah. But I think what you see in this offense is a clear dif- uh, difference in just the way it looks, the way it feels, yeah, than what definitely. you were seeing with Matt Nagy. Yeah, A Rob was A Rob. You know, he's gonna do what he does. He's gets his receptions. He's gonna get. He didn't have a touchdown today, but uh, he was a force on the field. And then at the end of the game, when he could have got that first down, it seemed like he jumped out a little bit early. Yeah, that yeah. Was, we were talking off air about that. He jumped out a little early instead of getting that first down. We still had a timeout. A timeout. He didn't. I don't think he knew that. Yeah, I mean, I it, but you can't do that in NFL. You're yeah. a professional football player. You are a professional athlete. You have to know where you are with the clock. You have to know where you are on the field. Agreed. 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 Uh, Trubisky didn't play a bad game. 
No, Trubisky. Not I think at all. He, I think Trubisky might have looked as good as he did all season if we're talking about a complete game. I mean, if we can play the Lions sixteen times, he would look really good. <laughs> well, he looked bad in the beginning of the Lions game, and then in, in the first game, and then he came back to win. So, but I'm, what I say is like. As far as the complete game is concerned, I think this is probably the best he's looked all season. Yeah, I also I feel like if you would have been sitting here with laser calling plays from week one or week two, we would have seen something similar to this for the whole season. We would have a winning record. Right? We'd have a running game. That too. You know, we saw a couple of times where Montgomery was able to like punch it right up the gut. Yeah. And this is the first time all season I can remember, really remember him doing that. Yeah, I remember telling you while watching the game, I'm like, look at the offensive line up in the linebackers. Right. What is this? Well, they had a couple of the, a couple of guys come back off of the, pro, the COVID protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, but Alex Bars is out there, you know, which we've been ham- clamoring for for a while now. He right. needs to be able to play. Mm-hmm. What about on defense, E? Uh, defense, uh, they, they looked good, but they're still not... There's a lot of arm tackles. There's a lot of, like, jumping, shoulder tackles, things like that. So that bend-don't break is kind of wobbly right now, huh? But, again, you know, you're you're tired. These guys are just exhausted out there. I get it. I, I mean, what, it. what are you supposed to do? Mac you, is triple-teamed triple, triple just about every play, double-teamed. Max triple-teamed. Triple I mean, this, is, this is what I'll say. The Bears' defense realistically did enough to win. Mm-hmm. That last drive of the game, remember when I told you, I says, Mitch, what's going to happen is – uh, they're going to leave too much time on the clock. And that's essentially what they did because they they turned the ball over to the Lions. And then when they got the ball back, because the, the, they were it was 30 to 20. They, yeah, they, they, they the, didn't the run Bears, the ball. The, Bears were, or the Lions were able to score. Now you're talking about 27-30, right? Mm-hmm. They left too much time on the clock so that if they did get a three and out, that the Lions would have a bear, uh, a chance to, to get that score. Mm-hmm. And then Trubisky fumbles deep in our own territory. And guess what happens? They march right down and, and get that touchdown. Well, that, that that's that's a free throw for Stafford, being at the, what was it like a twenty yard line, whatever it was. And I mean, Stafford. Here's the thing: Stafford had over four hundred yards today, four hundred yeah. yards and three touchdowns. Stafford? One interception, but still, come on. I, well, the interception was to uh, who was that? Um, oh, that yeah, there was a tip ball. Yeah, there was a tip ball, and the big dude got it. That's what that was. So and, and we he were, made a play. Yeah, and that's I mean that's just a coverage interception right there. I mean. Yeah, so I mean, again, the defense is out there too long. Uh, bend it, don't break, but you know, just like a rubber band. Yes, you you keep stretching that rubber band out, and yep. guess what? It's gonna snap in your face. Exactly. And they're just getting tired at this point. I mean, like you know, they again, when they gave up that score, they had enough time. If they would have ran the ball, they could have got that that uh, ran the timeout and get the the first downs they needed. That a Rob not getting that first down at the end of the game really hurt because that would have been. That would have took another, you know, 45 seconds to a minute off the clock, and they would have been a lot closer, and they have to worry about that fumble later on. Yeah, well, let's punt it over to our Bears analyst, Ill Brown. What up, Ill? Peace, peace, man. After after a week hiatus. You needed the week off. You needed it. Yeah, I was, uh, I pride myself in being, uh, you know, I, I would like to say very uh, politically correct, and I couldn't have promised okay. you guys that last week. Uh, I gotcha. I'm not sure if I could promise it this week. But I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> the, the frustration is is boiling over at this point, huh? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm not gonna waste a lot of time today. I'm gonna get right to right to business. This is one of those losses where there should be no press conference with the head coach. The only thing that you should see at the press conference is the interim coach telling you I'm taking over for the rest of the season. That's it. When they ask what Ryan Pace is, oh, don't worry about him. Yeah, on the bus. Don't worry about him. <laughs> yeah, on the bus to Toledo. He, he, don't worry about that guy. He's gone. 
Same with Ted Phillips. Like, we need football guys in this organization horribly. I mean, it's we need football minds in the front office. Let me let me ask you a question. What did you think about the way that Mitch looked when he's uh, he's got uh, Bill Lazor at the home versus uh, versus uh, Matt Nagy? He looks much better, man. Exactly. I, I, I'll go on record as saying this, man. Mitch, <laughs> Mitch, going to ever be like a franchise level quarterback that can go out and win you games and things like that? Probably no. But the dude's not really the the reason why you lose game if yes. you get yes. an offense. Yes. It's as yep. simple as that, man. You give that kid a solid offensive line and a coach that's going to literally be like, look, man, we're going to turn this dude into Tannehill North. The, the thing is with, with these players, these coaches and Nagy specifically, he's not putting Mitch in the position to win, and that's what he didn't do as an offensive coordinator. And and th- that was the thing that, that was really just annoying to me watching them play last year is because you saw what they did in 2018. You saw they put Mitch in position to win by putting putting in plays that would um, magnify his skill set. Yeah. You know what I mean? That would bring that would allow him to do the things that he does well. And then they came in in twenty eight uh, in twenty nineteen and says, "Okay, I want you to be a pocket passer now." Well, he did horribly, and they only they only won those eight games by the skin of their teeth against terrible quarterbacks like the backups they had in, in Detroit. So now you bring in. We looked at the whole season. You get to they finally move over, and Lazer's probably sitting there like, "Hey, remember those things that worked in twenty eighteen? Let's try those again." And that's what today looked like. You mean a running game and a bootleg? What right. Happened? I mean, it's sim- happened? simple mad in one-on-one. Instead of the evolution of what this quarterback could have become from 2018 on out, you you, you try to make him something that he's not. Exactly. And, and, it's, and it's foolishness, man. Like, you wouldn't tell Lamar Jackson to be a pocket passer, man. I'm not saying Mitch is no. half the athlete as Lamar, but when you draft someone like Lamar – you know you have to let him run the ball. It's inevitable. You have to. It's, it's what makes him effective. And it's like, uh, uh, stop stop trying to make this kid something he's not. Now you've ruined his confidence to the point yes. where now he's just, he's just a shell of what he could have been. And what he could have been is a top 15 quarterback. And that's all you would have yes. needed with this type of a defense. What the de- the defense is strong enough that you put them in a position to win, and they're going to win a lot of those games. But so let, let me. Th- I I mean, I know we've gone back and forth about Matt Nagy quite a bit, but do you think, like, as far as Matt Nagy is concerned, is this just about ego? Why are you trying to? Because it, it seemed like, again, in in were you just trying thinking that they were going to catch up to you that you had to try something different in 2019, and that's what they he kind of continued with into this season. What 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 was it in his head that made him think that he needed to change the thing, the way that things were going when they were going decent? Well, see what what happened is first of all we got who okay. who, who who the guy we should have got was Eric Bieniemy. <laughs> Matt Nagy Matt Nagy is like on Scooby Doo when you pull yeah. the the mask well, Mark off. Mark Tressman's team scored we points. Know, we knew we That's knew true, it was true. Mark Tressman. You know it's like. Right. Yeah, who's yeah, currently the head coach bro. of like, uh, Michigan State. Just crappy there because of Mel Tucker and, and those guys. But, yeah, <laughs> and you see what's happening there. Uh, it's just dumbfounding that right. when you find something that works, why not enhance what works? Like, okay, if you, if you, if you insist on not building a dome stadium, and <laughs> if you insist on not 
ever being able to find a right. quarterback. That's what right? the Bears have always been known for. The defense and running defense the ball. And running the ball has to be a premium. We should right. never but you also have, have to run the ball. Defense, we should never not have a top five hates. running game in, in, in that regard, right? And the, and the inability, okay, you want to go out and chase this great quarterback, right? Yeah. And, and that's elusive for 75% of the NFL. So, it's, you know, we're not the only ones trying to find the, the next great quarterback. However, in, if you insist on finding the next great quarterback, then you must take the next great quarterback. So my my question to you is, you being in the industry, being in the trenches of football, who, in your mind, could they bring in to start with the top? So start as a president, go to GM, go to coach. First of all, you've got to get some guys that can get some guys, if that makes sense. You have to make a splash. Like, if you're not getting at least... Someone on the level, I know Peyton Manning is inexperienced, so I wouldn't necessarily want to go in that direction, but some somebody that can make the equivalent splash that he would. I would love to see. Okay, I already know where you're going. A guy that, that we watch on Monday Night Football. And he... he- what and he's you? openly he's openly expressed interest in, in a GM job. He's a football guy. Lewis Riddick. Yeah. And for those that, those that don't know, he's talking about Lewis Riddick. I think he would do an excellent job because he knows the game. You know. Yes, Lewis Riddick. So, he knows the game. He knows how you have to build a football team. So, so what are we talking about? Someone like, would you put you can forget Manning about even without the experience? Would you put him in the place of like a team president? I would like to see Peyton Manning. Pick the players. Not necessarily. And, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. That, that's players. what I mean is like, you know, because the president of, of the team is basically, you know, the and then you got your GM underneath that and then you got your head coach yes. and then you got your quarterback. So why not make him an assistant GM? Who, Manning? Mm-hmm. I, I, man, yeah, I, I need I need Manning to get the keys. Right. So here, how did, tell me how this sounds to you. Peyton Manning as your football ops, your president, okay, your Ted Phillips. Lewis Riddick is your GM, and someone like Eric Eric Bieniemy as your head coach. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could say this on air, but I just had an orgasm. If that happens, right? And that's the way it should always be in a market like Chicago. Period. And then the for the first thing, first order of business, the Peyton Manning goes. Look, I don't know if anybody mm-hmm. knows this. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, it's Soldier Field in Chicago. It's outside. It's bare weather. Man, screw all of that. A lot of people don't even know that Soldier Field lost its landmark status with the Chicago Park District years ago. So stop lying to the people, <laughs> uh, Ted no. Phillips and all y'all. Not after like, what they did to it. There's nothing historic about Soldier Field anymore. So, let, so the if they move to, let's say, Arlington Heights or wherever. I mean, there, there, there's a th- here's the thing. Uh, it's not that far away from Chicago where no. it's like this long trip. You can build a beautiful uh, field out there. You can build a beautiful park around it. You can surround the area. And this is what a lot of NFL you can teams do. build a multi-purpose dome. Yeah, multi-purpose. You can so have your, your Final Four. You can have a right. Super Bowl there. Right. And, you're not, and you can build yes. a bunch of hotels around there. Uh, a bunch more because there's a lot of apartment complexes near where that that uh, stadium would be. Mm-hmm. But you can build a ton of hotels. You can build up. You know, you can build up the whole town realistically. You, exactly. You build a whole complex around mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. You build your, your your. You don't even have to do that. 
you just knock over that they don't eyesore. Own it. That's yeah, problem. they don't own that land. That's what I'm saying. Oh, the Bears Shore have Drive enough money to go buy a whole brand new piece of land, and then that's a whole new re revenue stream as it is. The Bears have enough money to convince every alderman so, in, but what I'm in saying those is wards it, in the that versus a multi-purpose dome that, that would be in the suburbs, like, you know, like, kind of how, like how I have in Dallas. You don't think that's a better... And that's in Arlington. That's not even Dallas, is right. it? Right. It's in Arlington. It's not technically well, in Dallas. Well, that's same, what I'm saying. They, they can keep Soldier with Field. New, New York. New York has it in the Meadowlands. Yeah, in New it's Jersey. in Jersey. So, I mean, Illinois has so much yeah. land... You can do that as well. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yeah, there's a whole other ball game there. I think it's been a while since we had an expansion, baby. Well, Give me hey, an AFC I, like team. I, said, you, I need the ability. Any, anyone who to pays any attention knows that uh, the, my my favorite AFC team is undefeated <laughs> right now. So I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm covered right now. I got someone to root for. I I, I need I need something to root for, man. If we we're gonna do all that, man. Hey, let the Bears stay over there and, and exercise. Few <laughs> Futility so, at the so highest level. Will, there was something that that I was talking about a little bit earlier, and I think when when we had went live after the game, uh, you were you were talking about it as well. So Anthony Miller recently came out and says that one of the big problems they had most of the year, especially when Nagy was calling the plays, was that the plays the plays that they were calling and practicing all week were not the plays that were actually installed in the game plan, oh, yeah. not the plays that were called during the game plan. Now, like we we famously know that Matt Nagy has been the play caller. Up until last week, when they came off the bye, and Bill Lazor, I think that's when they came back. Uh, they came to it, and Bill, or maybe it was the game right before the bye. Um, that that Lazor was the one that took over. And then we heard a lot of a lot of things under the uh, under wraps, behind the scenes, however you want to say it, about coaches kind of agreeing with that same sentiment. I don't understand what's the structure, what's the point of doing this in practice and not doing that during the game. So now I feel like at this point, you know, aside from some stragglers and just people who are kind of just going through the motions out of respect for the head coach, it feels like he's lost the locker room, especially the receiving room, because they all you had uh, Miller put that out there. Then you had a Rob and Javon Wims all kind of piggyback on that and share it on Twitter and all this. But then you had some rumblings from a lot of the uh the position coaches, things like that, kind of saying the same thing. So do you think that right now we're looking at a, a, a point where there's no coming back from Matt Nagy? Because like I said, to me, it sounds like he's basically snitching. He's he's throwing all of the players under the bus. He threw he already threw pace under the bus by doing what he did with uh, with, with Foles and the way Mitch. he switched everything up. He's just trying to make it everyone else's fault. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, what you're dealing with is the ultimate narcissist, man. And it's always somebody else's he fault. He's, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks he's always right. This dude had the nerve to call out a defense that has been bailing you out for your whole tenure in Chicago. You have the nerve to call right. out right. guys who on any other team will be Pro Bowl caliber players. Anthony Miller. Yeah. And when he does, he's he's dynamic with the football when he gets it. Anthony Miller if you, never knows when he's going to get the ball. But if you just throw him out of position, you don't throw, you don't lead him to the catch, you don't do any of those things that help your receivers be successful, then if, that's what you're going to get is him dropping the ball all the time. If Anthony Miller's on the Packers or yeah. on, oh, on, yeah. on the Steelers, Anthony, I mean, Anthony Miller, here's on. the thing. Yeah, Anthony Miller is a perfect Green Bay Packers player because he's getting 100 catches. Yeah. yeah. He's getting yeah. 100 catches easy. Easily, because here's the thing. The Packers love the guys that are not too big. They're not even that fast, but they, they manage open. to get schemed open. And, they get and, open. Then, and then Aaron Rodgers throws the ball to a space, and they're there for it. Right. And that's what Anthony Miller does well. The other thing, too, is especially, especially with Miller, with the injury problems that he's had, you can see he's got a little bit of that 
if he starts to go in a bad way in the beginning of the game, he kind of stays that way the whole game. And that's how he goes. Mooney seems to like, like brush it off his no shoulders. Leader. There's no leader on the offensive side. No. Like yeah. Aaron Rodgers would be like, hey, get your S together. Right, right. Get you your know? crap together. Yeah, get it together. I'm going to throw the ball at you right now. Right, right. And then wake him up and snap him out of it. Exactly. You know Mitch, what I mean? Mitch and Foles are not going to do that. Well, Mitch, Mitch and Foles are not going to do that. And no. then if you if you really look at it, A-Rob's the same way. Because remember a couple of weeks ago, he's walking by himself, talking no. to himself, kicking things on the ground. Like, no, no, no. I didn't do that. Wait, are you sure I did that? No. You could see him talking to himself. So, I mean, these guys are fed up. And there's a reason why... What you're going to see in a couple of years, A-Rob's not going to be here. Nope. Miller is not nope. going to be here. Nope. Mooney is not going to be here. Trubisky is not going to be here. And they're going to be thriving with different teams. And we're going to be kicking ourselves all over again. Will, I had a question for you. When, when coaches like Nagy, who are narcissistic and, you know, throw everybody under the bus, what does that feel like in the locker room? See, it's weird because right? these guys are paying you and you have to be a professional. Yeah. Right. But in that locker room, it's it's a complete mutiny. It's a complete mutiny. They have to come out and dress it up for the media and all that stuff. That's all fluff. I'm telling y'all right now. It's all fluff. In that locker room is borderline fights happening in that locker room uh-huh. when the media is not around. Like when you first get to the yeah. locker room after a loss like today. Like a Fetty, not bl- not oh, blocking. People are being called out. That locker room from coaches there. Oh yeah, I'm talking that locker room from the coaching staff. I know the down equipment to the manager. players, <laughs> down to Leave the water boys and and equipment <laughs> yeah. managers. And, and I mean, and it makes you you got to think about any any job that you have that's essentially here. a hostile work environment. The, the workers are not going to like the bosses. And that's essentially what it is. When and you sit there and tell me it's my fault. It's going to translate to the field. Yeah, 100%. And what's frustrating is, is that you do see yeah. flashes of brilliance. Oh my you God. see flashes where Mitch does. Mitch wasn't the problem today. That no. fumble sucked, but Mitch was not the him. problem that today. That wasn't on him. At all. You know, the run, I mean, it's just it's just a collective effort of stupid little things here and there that they find. They had to find a way to, that was a very skillful way to lose a game. But if you're undisciplined all year under Matt Nagy, guess what? You'll yeah. find a way to lose a game. The spots here and there. And the, 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 the thing about being undisciplined, it really comes from a, a, a spot of frustration. Because even the guy with the biggest ego, when everything's going smoothly, he's cool too. Look at the way that the Pittsburgh Steelers were were when they had uh, Antonio Brown and you had Juju and you had uh, um, Le'Veon Bell and everything was going peachy. Hey, they were all cool. When it started going a little rough, then they all started getting, you know, in their own heads. They started smelling their own crap and they're like, hey, wait a minute. My, my smell's better than this team. Let me get out of here. Let me cause, cause a ruckus. But when you look, even that year when you had um, uh, Brandon Marshall and Cutler and Martellus Bennett, Three guys who are a little bit off their rocker. One, if they were going smooth, the, the the coaching was good enough. You can coexist. Sometimes you need those guys who are a little bit crazy. You do. You do. <laughs> Every team is a little crazy on there. Yeah, man. Uh, there, there's there's a hundred percent loss of respect for uh, for Mag, Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, all those guys. Hey, you got some dogs in that locker room, man. And, you got and, guys like and Hicks see Hicks and, is one of those guys that I put, and, uh, kind of put where. Uh, in the Brandon Mack, Marshall camp, where he's Roquan like, he's real touchy. Mm-hmm. He's real touchy, and he gets in his feelings real easy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's just a matter All of time. Right, well, what's your prediction for next out. week's uh, game versus the blasting. Houston Texans? And it is at home at Soldier Field. The one who got away. 
Deshaun Watson. I think you've seen Deshaun <laughs> okay. Watson come in here and show us who we should have drafted. I feel like Are every, you expecting every another, opportunity uh, burger? those guys get to come show the Bears up, they're going to take it. The, the Houston has not been playing that well this year. Uh, They've yeah, playing well, the, more, think, well uh, recently, you know more recently, when they got rid of Bill O'Brien, who just completely screwed that yeah. whole that whole team up. Yeah, for for David Johnson, not good once. You right. can go and get rid of Hopkins, right? But David Johnson in the in the league, he, where he you was good for that one year. That, he was really good for one year, and then the he got hurt right away. I think, but he ain't D Hop. That was silly. No, that, that dude hasn't been the same since that wrist injury, and. You go and trade yep. a bona fide superstar. Ter- you, you know the backstory on that, right? Game changer. The ba- the yeah, the backstory is that Bill you O'Brien didn't like uh D Hop being around with all his <laughs> yeah, uh I, baby mamas. He had like three baby mamas and he didn't want them in the facility because they would all come and bring all the kids and he kinda banned them or whatever and, and that's really kinda how that went so down. He, and that's he, why he was, they started fighting. Was he being like Sean Kemp? Well, Sean Kemp, you know, I mean, Sean Kemp was slam dunking all over the place, I and I think D-Hop was in the same. But the fact of the matter is, is that Bill O'Brien says, "Hey, I don't want them all around here," and that's where that fought, that's where that fight really started, and and they just didn't get along after that, so he shipped them out of town. Uh, it's stupid. It's retarded. Exactly. Field, a man not at all. And that was just ego. And children's mothers have nothing to do with what's going on on the field. I I'm a hundred percent sure in times where. Mm-hmm. You don't right. need them to be there, the kids and the, and, the, and the baby mamas to be around. They're not going to. Sounds familiar. That's just some <laughs> narcissistic dictator yeah. BS. And it's, so, it's, I don't it know. sounds a lot like. I don't know if we're going to bother with the, uh, the grades Pace, this week. Naggy type no, crap no. As well. I think we just, just kind of, you know, it's, we're over it at this point as far as that goes. But what do you think is our, what's your prediction for our score against the uh, the Texans? Bears can get you 24, man. I got 30 to 24 Texans. Matt Nagy <laughs> will find a way to get and, – and I'll tell you all something else, too. Anytime a head coach hands over the reins to a coordinator, he's not fully getting out of the way. There's no, no coordinator. Well, he's in, the, he's in the locker room trying to change things, and they never come out different. So every year. I mean, this is basically uh, Kenny Williams trying to still be the GM when Rick Hahn had the reins. At the beginning, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> This, this is what we need Matt Nagy to do, man. You stand over there on the side. <laughs> you hold that thing up to your mouth and shut your mouth. Or they just mute his mic. Up to your mouth. And you just stand there, man. And <laughs> yeah, they, they got to do, like, do it like the little brother. Don't connect the microphone. Skin. Bill Lazor's been around this game for years. He's seen everything from uh from uh, from West Coast offenses nothing, to power Nothing runs, really, everything. nothing new. He's... What can Matt Nagy tell Bill Lazor about offense? Absolutely nothing, man. The best thing Matt Nagy ever done in his life was say, hey, Andy Reid, Matt, Pat Mahomes can throw the ball through a freaking black hole if you need him to. Uh-huh. And then they, and then Andy Reid coached him up and got rid of Nagy. Okay, go ahead and coach somewhere else. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everybody, and that's our Bears Thanks analyst, Ill Brown. Check him out every hey, week for his Bears expertise. And don't forget to check out his podcast, Beat the Block, available on all major platforms. Thanks, Will.
is the first anime manga company to feature characters of color, bringing a level of flair and authenticity to the genre as a whole. With influences ranging from Japanese manga and animation, Western comics, streetwear, hip-hop, and various forms of cinema, Noir has created a unique style that can be appreciated by the masses. Check out NoirCesar.com for more information. Welcome back to the True Chicago Sports Fans Podcast with E-Rock and Big Z. Yeah. It's that time again. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know what time it is. It's time for Stirring the Pot. Oh, boy. What do you got for us today, E? So, oh, like I said, last last man. week we started moving into our Christmas season. Oh, boy. So now here, this is going to be a struggle for you, I think, because you, you could be on either side of the fence on this one. Oh, man. Uh-huh. So... We're going, typically we do the big meal, the turkey, the meat, the, the starch, all that stuff, the big important meal on Thanksgiving. Yeah, the and, ham with the pineapple. And, oh, gosh, stop. <laughs> Mike. Hey, Mike. And, <laughs> and But on Christmas, I mean, at least for the past few years with us, you do kind of more snacking throughout the day. And all you right. have small right. sandwiches and hors d'oeuvres and whatever. And watch some NBA films. And watch a lot of NBA because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what they got going on on Christmas yeah. and the all same right. movies for the past 50 years. Yeah, got your watch. Here. So, you're die hard. the weapon. That, oh, brother. <laughs> <laughs> really going in the rabbit hole. So, as a young man who is both Puerto Rican and Mexican, oh, I'm making you choose I for Christmas. Oh, no, I can't choose. I know where you're going. Ju- <laughs> oh, no. Pasteles or tamales? No. <sighs> Can I have both on the plate? Uh-uh. Fudgesicles. <laughs> I'm gonna submit, I'm gonna take tamales just because there's a variety in tamales. You can get sweet tamales, you can get red tamales, you can get green tamales, you can put pork, you can put chicken, you can get rajas con queso. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I said that all you white. Get, <laughs> I think uh, Estrella Negra. They had uh, he had like the, uh, the chocolate, de lo, de the chocolate chip. Yeah. Well, that yeah. Oh, the, the, yes, he it does have the, ch- the chocolate yeah. chip one for dessert. Yes, for, like ice cream and all this stuff. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, I'm going tamales. So this might be three in weeks consecutive in a row. weeks <laughs> that we agree because tamales are way better. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell y'all. I'm gonna agree with you, and then lately, uh, yeah, the pastelas give me a little bit of a uh, heartburn. Yeah, 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 I can see that. I it's can a see lot that. Of, a lot of seasoning. Yeah, I mean, and it's, yeah. the, it's, 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 it's our culture. We put a lot of seasoning. Yeah, too, a little bit too much garlic and yeah. you know, way too much salt, and that's how that goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't, I can't even front on that one. Tam- <laughs> tamales are the way to go to me. I'm never, I've never been real big on on pastelas anyway. Okay, and I mean, like you. you Somebody always has like a titi or abuela in the neighborhood. Be like, hey, oh I yeah, got, you know, were we just watching that thing about uh, yeah, something like a crack house? <laughs> <laughs> you, got a, you got a small sign. You got to put it on the dark web. Who got the tamales right now? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <sighs> All right, so I'm bringing tamales next week. Yeah, yeah baby. There, there goes your diet. <laughs> hey, it's the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's why they, that's why they make coats for the for the winter time so you can cover up the fat spots. That's right. <laughs> All right, man. Let's get out of here. All right, y'all. That is it for today. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, remember to give us a review and five stars on your listening apps. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and stay tuned as we continue to bring more content as we go live every week on Facebook after the Bears game. We like interacting with you guys. It's so much fun. We A lot of times we try to bring that into the show, so we appreciate you, and always feel free to drop us a line. 
A big thank you to our sponsors, Noor, Caesar, Villain Radio Studios, and Grit Clothing Company. Don't forget to check out gritclothingco.com and use our promo code TRUEFAN15 for 15% off your entire order. And special thanks to this week's guest, Bears analyst Ill Brown. Don't forget to check out his podcast, Beat the Block, which is available on all major platforms. Shout out to Ronesh and shout out to our super producer, Jay Soto. Want to start a podcast and have your show sound as clean and crisp as ours? You can find everything you need at www.jsotomedia.com. Check us out on social media. You can find us at True Shy Fans on Twitter and on TikTok. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, and reach out to us on our email. We want to hear from you guys. Reach us at TrueChicagoSportsFans at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out the All Net Podcast with Mike Logic and Ideal. Brand new episodes every other Monday coincided with the NBA season. All right, y'all. For Big Z, this is E-Rock. We'll see you next week for episode 23. And until then, be good to each other. For the love of sports. Yeah. Bye, buddy. few moments later. You have a lot of incest. That's real. Shut your mouth. Another boy. Nature versus nurture, Lodge. Nature always wins. I think he's on steroids. Hasta luego, amigos. Show's over, show's over, show's over.